All of this you just don't get, huh? Lord, let me know if you got us. Preaching about profit. It ain't no one man can stop us. Bow down to a goddess. Bow down to a goddess. Bow down to a goddess. It ain't no one man can stop us. Bow down to the goddess. Hello and welcome to the Strong Women Power Hour, your podcast to uplift, encourage, educate, and enlighten you on your path through womanhood. I'm your host and women's empowerment specialist, Kelly Hickey. To any new listeners, welcome, welcome, welcome. So glad to have you uh, here with us. And I'm so happy to have any of those loyal listeners back. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for subscribing and uh, rating us on iTunes. Mad Mega love to you. Uh, We are getting into the corners of the world all over. Uh, We're hearing from a lot of women who are in small communities or rural communities that may not uh, have a lot of avenues or opportunities to talk about the things that come up in our podcasts, all the empowering topics from, you know, healthy boundaries to righteous anger uh, to healing and all of those things. So I'm so glad uh, to have such a big community growing, growing, uh, and we're here to support each other, right? We got this together. And yes, you heard it right. This is the Strong Women Power Hour today because we have an amazing guest on. Oh my goodness. Uh, I'm so excited for you to hear from the amazing and talented and inspiring Ray Zaragoza. Uh, She is a protest singer. She is an independent artist. She is uh, just a powerhouse of a young woman who uh, we can all learn a a, a lot from. So I'm excited to uh, share her with all of our listeners. And, you know, we have a a great conversation, just uh, Ray and I. And so uh, it's it's a kind of a boisterous, just like woman, woman, sister to sister conversation, um, almost exactly like we would have if we were sitting down at my kitchen table. So I really uh, am excited for you to hear um, about that. Um, and Ray is on tour right now. I'm just going to list off. I promised uh, Ray's agent I'd do this. Shout out to you, Jana. Uh, I'm going to list off. Ray's upcoming cities, just so you know it, before we get into our breaths there. So if you hear a city near you, you can go to her website, RayZaragoza.com. I'll put it in the show notes and uh, you can check the dates. But here we come. She she does about, she said, 130 uh, concerts a year. God love her. Uh, I would love to see her. But she is in, uh, she's doing a concert in Los Angeles, in Germany. She's doing it in Bonn, Gießen, Überlingen, Köln, uh, back to the States. She's in St. Augustine, Florida, North Adams, Massachusetts, Seattle, Washington, P- Portland, Oregon, Eugene, Oregon, Ashland, Oregon. We got Arcata, California, Petaluma, California, Nevada City, Berkeley, West Hollywood, Santa Fe, Buena Vista, Colorado, Fort Collins, Colorado, Denver, Colorado, Atlanta, Georgia, Nashville, Lexington, Kentucky, Cincinnati, Chicago, Ann Arbor, Minivale, and Washington, D.C. That brings you up to November 20th. You can check that out on RateZaragoza.com. And this is one artist you would love to see. Trust me, trust me. I can't wait to see her in person when we uh, actually inevitably meet, sister, because we shall. We shall. Um, so so that is Ray, who's coming on up. Um, as I uh, mentioned, I'm Kelly Hickey, um, and I run Strong Women Co. 
We are a multi-service empowerment business. We do everything from one-on-one coaching programs, uh, group coaching programs. We have a 28-day moon program all about connecting to the moon and yourself and your woman power. We do workshop and corporate training. Uh, We also sell meaningful, empowering jewelry, all designed and chosen and created to help women and uh, and men. Actually, we do have some men who who, uh, listen to this podcast. Shout out to you guys and buy our jewelry. Uh, But it's all about connecting to that ancient kind of feminine wisdom, often our goddess wisdom. So there's a lot of really cool stuff going on there. Uh, We do have uh, uh, inspirational, motivational posts on Facebook, on Instagram every day. It is my pleasure to give that out to the world. Uh, I I love curating inspirational, motivational posts. uh, And uh, also, you know, just like bring it, bring in the truth when we need to bring the truth. And offering sisterhood um, and, and encouragement in that way. So please follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, information, uh, the links will be in the show notes. Uh, and if you are on Facebook, uh, join us. Why not join us for the free Strong Woman Co Tribe? This is a tribe of women from all over the world uh, who come together to support and encourage one another. Um, I, I'm just so in love with all of our members in our tribe. Uh, when I designed the tribe or I thought of it about a, a year ago now, uh, I wanted a place where women could go on the internet to uh, get recharged, to feel a sense of community, to feel a sisterhood. You know, if, if you're having a great day, you see a great post. I mean, the kinds of things pe- women post is often encouraging things about womanhood or or funny things or or uh you know just cool stories or articles uh and then there's also like women just like reaching out when they when they need help or uh when they need advice um there's also been uh just a a a lot of ability for women to kind of get more confidence um and and share uh different pieces of their lives and it's an honor to hold space for uh that group of women all over the world we just had a a slew of new women come in everywhere from Portugal to all over Canada all over the United States so welcome welcome uh, join us in the tribe if you appreciate uh, and uh, love the power of girls and women so before we get into the amazing interview of this show let's have one of our breaths together let's gather our whole selves up close your eyes if you can shoulders away from your ears relax your jaw Bring in any traces of yourself that you've left strewn about. Let's breathe in lightly through our nose and fill up those lungs. And let it out with a sigh. (sighs) I think you're really going to dig this interview with Ray. She's amazing. All right, let's do this. Can you hear me? I sure can. This is Kelly. Hey, Kelly. How are you? I am fantastic. I'm super excited to talk to you. Me too. I'm so excited. So we met, did we meet in Newfoundland? Girl, you were in Newfoundland? I didn't know you were in Newfoundland. Okay. You know what happened is someone gave me your, told me about your podcast when I was in St. John's. And so that's how I got connected to you. That is so cool. Yeah, I can't even remember who it was who told me about your podcast. Oh, that's so um, awesome. Yeah, someone who worked for CBC Radio, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what's funny was when I was talking to uh, Jana, your um, uh, agent, she mentioned that someone had told her from the Folk Alliance Conference. And I was like, well, that's oh cool. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so it, 
there it must have came from like two directions. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm so when, when were you when were you in Newfoundland? Oh my just do you live in Newfoundland? I do. Oh you okay, do awesome. Um I was there opening for Donovan Woods oh. in, last November in St. John's and like, oh my gosh, it's so funny just talking about Newfoundland and St. John's. I have like my heart's beating so fast because I loved it there so much. I want to go back so bad. Oh my goodness. That, that's really, really cool. Cause I, I thought I'd be talking to you and you wouldn't even have an, any idea where Newfoundland is. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I think it's my, I told, I told my agent, I was like, please, like if there's any performance opportunities in St. John's and Newfoundland, like, please like send me there. Cause I loved it. I felt so madly in love. Oh, St. Well, John's. And, and if you ever do, uh, you know, strong woman co will, uh, absolutely promote and hype and do yes. and, uh, oh, that'd be awesome. to, to get you. That's so cool. Well, I'm, I'm from St. John's. I have lived other places in the world, but, uh, mm -hmm. when I wanted to, uh, uh, raise my child, I wanted to raise her here. Uh, I am, yeah. I, I am a lover of this, uh, of this place as well, but I, oh, I guess, I guess we've goodness. just dived right in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do this awesome um, podcast. Um, and, can you see uh, me now? Yeah, I can totally see you now. Okay. So are you home? You're, just are untangle you, you're based at a San Fran now? So um, I'm based in Los Angeles right now. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Like, that would be the entertainment hub. Hey. Yes. Yeah. I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. It's, you know, I kind of have like a love hate relationship with Los Angeles, but everybody, everybody does. Uh, seems like, yeah. It seems like nobody's actually from there. <laughs> I know? know. I know. I mean, I didn't grow up here at all. I grew up in New York city. And so that's kind of where my heart lives for sure. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. New York, but you know, New York is like great city too. in the world. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I yeah. mean, it's, there's yeah. nothing like it. There's really, really nothing like it. And, and growing up there was, was definitely a magical experience. Um, you know, we grew up really fast there for sure. But there's so much different, just, it's just dripping with culture and expression mm -hmm. and just pushing boundaries and just like yeah. art, right? Like yeah. growing up in New York, you must Ooh. have went to other places and you're like, where, did, where is the art? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've definitely been incredibly spoiled, you know, growing up in New York and Los Angeles, pretty much the only two places I've ever lived. And, you know, both places are incredibly diverse and have you know, culture everywhere and, you know, being so multicultural myself, living in two cities where you can, you know, find people of all of your backgrounds everywhere you go is definitely a gift. Um, so yeah, I, I love New York. I, I miss it so much. Whenever I'm there, I just like, oh, I feel so myself, you know, I feel so empowered. <laughs> totally. I, I totally get that. There's something in the, about home sometimes too. Yeah. You, you do connect to home. Um, that totally. But um, uh, this is a great kind of like little mini background uh, for our listeners. Um, and um, how about, I, and I, I gave this question to Janice, hoping she would skip it to you so you could think about it a little bit, but literally yeah. you could just go off the cuff. Um, I, I like to ask uh, folks when they come on the show, uh, just to tell our, our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you became the woman you are now. Oh, what a, I, I did get the question in advance and I was like thinking about it. I'm like, wow, this is a weighted question and an important one, um, <laughs> you know, for sure. And uh, I've, I've been listening to some of your episodes and thinking about it. And, you know, growing up in New York City, I definitely feel like I grew up really quickly. And so I was taking the subways by myself when I was eight years old, nine years old. 
Um, you know, I, I remember like I was making doctor's appointments for myself when I was in middle school. Um, I was very self-sufficient at a really young age, especially because my parents both worked full time and they were really busy and I had two siblings. And so uh, I was kind of put in this position to be like independent, you know, very young. And I'm very grateful for that because I've always really prided myself on being like a very independent woman and I can do it myself. And I always default to, um, I can do this on my own before asking for help, which is definitely something I'm working on now because I'm like, okay, asking for help is not bad either, <laughs> you know, and delegating yep, yep. work as I build my team with music has been a challenge for me because ever since I was younger, I was like, I'll do it myself. I'll do it myself. I'll do it myself. Mm. Um, and so that's a, that's a journey as well. Um, it was funny. I was just asking my dad because I knew about this question. And I was like, I was like, dad, like, what was I like when I was a kid? I was like, was I a girly girl? Was I a tomboy? Like, what was I like? He was like, he was like, you were a combo. He was like, you were just all of the above. And I was like, that's funny because, you know, definitely things I'm unpacking was when we were younger, you know, it was all about, you know, trying to be one, one with the boys. Mm. And that was very cool um, because I think deep down I was always trying to get attention from the boys. And so I thought if I became one with them, you know, that was, uh, that would make me cool. And so, you know, I think later I'm like, you know what, at the end of the day, like my women, my sisters are always, <laughs> you know, what my, where my alliance is first. And of course, like, you know, men are great too. But um, I was just th thinking about that when I was younger. I was like, there was always so much pressure to be like one of the guys, like be, a, like be one with the boys. And that was like a very cool thing. Anyway, so that was kind of like my backstory of, of being younger, always really independent, always trying to do things on my own. And, you know, uh, that kind of translated to when I started playing music and I decided not to go to college and do kind of like a non an unconventional uh, path. Um, you know, I just always operated on this assumption that I could do anything, you know, and I, I was independent and I could do whatever I wanted. And no matter what my parents told me was best, I was going to do what I wanted to do. And um, so that's kind of brought me to like, you know, the woman I am today, I'm fiercely independent, but also really trying to work on my interdependence, <laughs> you know, really trying to work on, um, you know, delegating and um, reaching out and asking for help from other people. And, um, you know, cause I think that's that whole, you know, the things that are taught to us a lot as women can translate in so many different ways. And I wanted to defy so much of it that mm -hmm. now I'm trying to work my way back to like a good homeostasis, and a, good, a good middle ground. <laughs> Um, and, uh, and yeah, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at and being an independent artist and a singer songwriter is what I do now. Um, and, uh, also I, I'd like, I lo I'd like to say that I'm an activist as well. You know, it's kind of one of those things I feel like I'm constantly a badge. I'm always trying to earn because, you know, there's, there's so much to be done in this world and, uh, being an activist is like a is something that means a lot to me. And I'm always, you know, thinking about the more and more I can do. And, uh, and so the, those are all the things that I do and kind of what's brought me to the woman I am today. And I'm, I'm still learning. It's still a process and I'm still figuring out self-care slowly. So, but that's, 
kind of a, a little brief summary of my journey. <laughs> uh, so good. I had to stop myself from interrupting you like six times because I physically <laughs> had to like cover my mouth because uh, so much of what you said, I can feel echoed in my own story as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, particularly the boy thing, like um, yeah. hanging out with boys. I never really understood girls. It's, it's so ironic mm-hmm. now, right? Like the different kinds yeah. of things I do now. Totally. But, but um, I think that number one, um, the patriarchy puts more value on boys. So yeah. like right off the bat, the boy things are more valuable. So you just, you want more value in a society, yeah, right? Sure. And power and freedom. <laughs> These yeah. are the things that boys had. So, and even like uh, my first degree is psychology. So I think back to how I identified with my father before I identified yeah. with my mother, because my father mm-hmm. had the power. Yeah. And I am wow. such, I'm such <laughs> an ambitious person. Yeah. Right. Um, and like I wanted power and freedom in my life mm-hmm. uh, that um, I just was like, I, I pushed down my femininity for quite some time. Like a lot of people mm-hmm. who, who, who knew, knew me before and know me now, like it didn't see me in my transitional kind of time are kind of like even mm-hmm. surprised. Uh, yeah. not, so much, not so much what I'm doing, but that um, I, I really, well, when you are, you know, a, a semi-intelligent person, uh, and, and I think women in general are intelligent because we're just yeah. lower on the, the totem pole of power, but mm-hmm. uh, that um, you figure out how to work the system, right? Yeah. And you figure yeah. out how you get totally. power and how you get yeah. freedom. And uh, that's why I wanted was I wanted to identify with like just having those options for myself, which I didn't see in, in my mother. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I really identified also uh, when you talked about like how, you know, you got your sisterhood and that now, like that was like brand mm-hmm. new to me in my 20s. Right. Like Honestly, the- it was to me too. I <laughs> mean, very slowly in high school, I started developing that and I was like, oh, you know, my female friends are at the end of the day, the ones who really are my sisters and have my back. Um, and understand why you're crying. And understand why I'm crying and, and who, who don't run from the tears, yes, you know, yes. who, like run towards me. Or try to fix it. For me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and that was so real because growing up, I mean, absolutely from elementary school to middle school, I, I was always just trying to impress the boys and I was trying to be one with them. And I always wanted to be the one that, um, you know, they were like, oh, it was just, you know, it's Ray. She's one of us. She's one yeah. of us. Like, and, I, and, I and that really, was honored. Honored. To that be was, one of yeah, us. that yeah. was, and I, and I definitely, you know, lost some female friends along the way. Um, and then luckily, you know, I was able to mend those relationships, but I've, I, I, many times when I was younger, I chose the boy over, um, you know, if, if there was a situation where, you know, you're on the playground and something, and I sided with the boys. And I look back on that, and I'm like, wow, that's totally a, a symptom of the patriarchy. <laughs> yeah. And um, and it's kind of crazy how, uh, as even as children, like we're so not immune to that. And even as a, a young girl, I, I totally pride myself as being so independent. And, you know, I knew what was going on, and I was, you know, I knew everything, you know. And I, I, can't, I can't believe sometimes, I'm like, wow, like, that was totally just a, a symptom of the way that the world kind of revol- is around us. And I definitely in my work, I'm hoping to empower, you know, young girls and women uh, to, to not have to deal with those same little weird things that I did when I was younger. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and yeah. Just, it, it comes with like kind of the, the sharing of power too, right? Yeah. So that there's actually more options for younger women today than, um, you know, each year it feels like uh, we break down more options. But uh, when you talked about uh, working on your uh, inter- 
dependence. I love that too. Because uh, <laughs> as a fiercely independent woman myself, um, yeah. and like I even went, I took it even further. Like I went into like male dominated fields. Like I was often mm-hmm. the only woman like in the room yeah, for like, wow. meetings and like, yeah. but, and I, I worked in like a crew. I used to work down in the States, uh, in Nevada and Arizona for a geoscience company. And yeah. I was the only wow. woman in like North America that they, they had. Yeah. And like, you know, I got promoted really fast. The guys mm-hmm. like, uh, all, uh, really kind of, uh, respected me cause I made their jobs easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, and I got this kind of like insight and this is why I mm-hmm. think I can do my job so well now as a women's empowerment specialist, but I do have men yeah. too from time to yeah. time is that I can understand. I understand the psyche of, of, mm-hmm. uh, the patriarchy and kind of like a microcosm, yeah. you know, how it, it manifests. And it's, it's, it's largely, uh, an insecurity, right? Like there's yeah. just like for, for me, for, I, I think about this often how for, as a woman and you know, like I have a cis woman, um, uh, and, and identify as a woman and I've always felt like a woman, but I've never had to prove my femininity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And men and boys have to prove their masculinity all of the time. Like it's not yeah. just like once it's like every second of every day. Sure. sure and, so, yeah. and that's exhausting. So I kind of really yeah. got into like understanding, um, uh, all, all of that. But I think we, uh, we were also talking about how we identify with the boys cause it was easier with power. We yeah. can also can see that as a microcosm for even, um, you know, I'm really, I'm going to go deep here for a second, but like white mm-hmm. supremacy. Even. Yeah. And like, and like, sure. white, and white women and how white women yeah. flock to Trump and all of that, where it's like, but yeah. no, but they got power, but yeah. I'm going to, you know, so like yeah. when we were talking about that out there, I had a little bit more compassion yeah. <laughs> for those women that, you know, like, well, number two is not so bad, you know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. as long as we're at the top, you know, and they're yeah. hot below us, then we have power. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's, I often kind of like wonder about uh, how this is manifested, um, and also just like how we get to a different way of being, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So that we yeah. move away from the competition towards collaboration, where we move towards yeah. partnership as opposed to just constantly uh, being, you know, uh, at odds with one another. And that's, that's sure. kind of where I come from in the the whole like pre patriarchal uh, goddess kind of ideology yeah. where we worshiped mother earth, you know, like a lot yeah. of indigenous people all over still, uh, still do, uh, thank right. goodness. Uh, but that there's, um, uh, there's a lot to be learned, but even more to be unlearned. Yes, for sure. And I'm always, I mean, I was talking to two of my girlfriends last night about how, um, we always have to navigate not only like our our conscious mind but like our subconscious mind and and think about how many things um you know because of like the patriarchal society is running our subconscious mind and even if we know something is wrong or or we know we're not happy with something or we know that a situation um you know is bad there's always a part of ourselves in the in the back of our heads that sometimes will lead us to these situations or we will still be okay with it because you just don't even realize that sometimes you're being run by something that's just been conditioned in your head for so long. Yeah. Um, And so it takes a lot of work to unlearn those things and to realize the stories and to realize the patterns. Um, And yeah, and we're all, I mean, none of us are perfect. Like we're all slowly becoming um, more awake to it. And I definitely am one too. I'm like, I'm learning and, you know, I, you know, I look back on all kinds of things. I'm like, or, you know, men I've dated and, and things. I'm like, wow, like 
I wish I would have said something in that moment, or I wish I would have done this, but that was 20 year old or 16 year old Ray. And she just isn't the woman that I am now. And she wasn't ready to stand up for herself in that moment, you know, unfortunately. And so, yeah, it's a long, it's a long journey. It's a long process. <laughs> uh, I, I try to explain to people how, um, like when things come up, if they're uh, racist or sexist or homophobic or Islamophobic yeah. or whatever. And so, um, there's this feeling that happens inside me. Yeah. You probably know exactly what I'm talking about where it's like, mm, you're uncomfortable. Yeah. But Oof. quite honestly, it's not always safe to do so. Right. right? Like literally it's not always safe to speak up, but in every other single time I do, yeah, uh, because <laughs> I have, because I have learned that what, cause there's a cost for speaking up right? Especially yeah. if it's in your workplace or your social group or, or whatever, yeah. um, that the cost of speaking up is always way, 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 way less for me mm-hmm. than the cost of not inside. Yeah. Inside. Oh, for sure. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, and then like, you know, I'm kind of like hating on myself. And you're going to carry that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's poison. It's yeah. poison. And you're carrying so, that with you. Yeah. I've just decided to always speak up. There was, there, yeah, I, the, the, only time, the only time it wasn't safe was like different times when I was in like, uh, different kinds of, um, like I was at a, uh, this is so funny. Remember Sarah Palin? Mm-hmm. Well, she was uh, speaking at an event and it was just like, kind of like entertaining to go see her when I yeah. was out in, in Nevada <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and it was just exactly where, where, where we were. So I was like, all right, we'll go see. And, uh, yeah. it was actually, it was a tea party, uh, event. And, uh, yeah. I felt like, I felt like I'd totally be outed. Right. Like I was like a huge lefty, huge feminist, yeah. right? Uh, uh-huh. But, but they, we were the youngest people by far there. Yeah. And uh, um, uh, they were asking you to raise your hand if you believed in like socialism and all these different yeah. things. And uh, I couldn't because they would, yeah. like it wasn't safe. Like, yeah, yeah, you, you have to put your safety first, <laughs> right? And, yeah, yeah. Sure. And that's wow. that, of course, if we have position of privilege, Right. So yeah. as a, as a, uh, white woman in Newfoundland, Canada, mm-hmm. uh, like I have a position of privilege that, um, and responsibility so that mm-hmm. I am more safe than, you know, uh, a woman of color so that mm-hmm. I have to speak up. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like there's mm-hmm. these things, these negotiations that, uh, we have to figure out, but sure. I think like you say, we're learning and we're going to, and what's, what's really important about learning is also understanding we're going to make mistakes. Yes. And being forgiving. I mean, I can't tell you how many very, 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 very close friends of mine, people I consider the, the closest of friends who have said things to, to, that offend me as a woman of color or mm-hmm. offend me as um, a Mexican woman, a Native woman, um, <laughs> a Taiwanese woman, Japanese woman. You know, there are so many times I've been offended by my friends and there are so many times I haven't spoken up. Mm. And um, and that opens up, you know, and, and, and I, I do pride myself on the past couple of years. I, I don't let those things slide anymore. And even, you know, I've had really difficult conversations with people that are so near and dear to me. And it can be really difficult because you're like, these are my people. These are people that I align with so deeply. And they're them isolating me in this way that they are unconscious of brings up so many feelings. It brings up feelings of loneliness. It brings up feelings of maybe I really don't have um, I, maybe my friends aren't really the allies I thought they were, or, you know, something like, you know, in all different ways, depending on the situation. And that can be really hard. And like you said, that's poison in me. And I, I, I have to speak up. I have to say it. And obviously, uh, well, luckily these things don't happen too often, but they have in the past. And I've had to voice to my friends like, Hey, like that hurt me. And this is why. And to me, it's never, I never hold a mistake 
against anyone. I always, it's really depending on how they handle it. Absolutely. You know, because if someone gets really defensive and they're like, well, it's your fault for being sensitive. <laughs> then I'm like, I don't know if we can be friends. No. But no. if they're like, I'm really sorry. I did not know right. um, you are educating me. Thank you, friend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then I'm like, oh, this is this. It makes your friendship stronger, you know, yeah. because there's so much to learn and there's so many different cultures out there. And it's, you know, it's, it's a process. It's, and I'm sure, you know, all of us have been on both sides and of making mistakes and of catching someone making a mistake. And if we can just be open and willing um, to, you know, apologize and to move forward from it without getting defensive mm -hmm. and with acknowledging that um, the ability to be offended, like lies in the hands of the, of the, of the group or the person that you are offending and mm -hmm. not saying like, you shouldn't be offended because of this yeah. um, is, 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 um, is important. So uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've yeah. had that happen many times. And, and it's interesting because I was listening to this podcast. I don't know if you listen to it, call your girlfriend. So yes, yes, yes. Very, I know. Yeah, it's yeah. a good podcast. Yeah, it's I good, really good, like good. it. Yeah. And they were talking about how, you know, if you are, if you're like, like, like just in terms of race right now, if we're talking about race, um, you know, if you are, um, you know, like if you are white and you have friends who are minorities, um, just because you have a friend who is of a, a race, like if they're brown or black or something, it doesn't mean that you're immune to, <laughs> you know, it doesn't mean you're immune to saying things that could offend, um, could offend your friends. And they were like asking the audience at this one point and they were like, okay, um, of the brown and black women in this room, raise your hand if you've ever been offended by a close friend of yours and you didn't speak up and like mm -hmm. everyone raised their hands. And so, you know, that's just one example. That's just one racial example. I'm sure this happens all the time with, um, with all kinds of marginalized communities and all kinds of marginalized groups when you have friends that are not of that community and they've offended you and whatever, um, depending on the situation. And oh, that just was really eye opening to me. I'm like, wow. I was like, I would never want my, my existence or my um, identity to be, an excuse for a friend of mine to be like, well, I have a, this friend, you know, <laughs> that yeah, would be yeah. awful. Yeah. yeah. So. I, I, I've had my ass handed me, to me a couple of times, just being like obtuse and like mostly around like, uh, like my friends with like disabilities and stuff too. Mm -hmm. And cause yeah. we just, we just walk through this world, you know, yeah, uh, sure. in our, in our own experience. And, um, uh, and each time I have had my own ass handed to me, uh, yeah. I, it made me better. Yeah. Right. Like it really made me better. Like it made yeah. me, it made me so that, you know, um, I think about things differently. I think about accessibility differently. I think about mm -hmm. privilege differently. And you know, we're all pretty much navel gazers, right? We're just like in yeah. our own crap <laughs> yeah. about our own crap sure. so much that we need to kind of just like, you know, gently or not gently, depending on the situation, uh, yeah. just have our, our views corrected to be like more inclusive. And I always think I got a uh, think back to uh, standpoint feminist theory, uh, and this is I got this in my masters, and my masters teachers would hate me for oversimplifying this, but this is what I took from it was yeah. So uh, standpoint theory, you have a ladder, right? And you got your you know your cis, able-bodied, rich, straight yeah. white guys up top, yeah. and everyone else yeah. has different uh, stratifications. Yeah. And uh, the lower you go down in the power, uh, the lower you yeah. go down in the ladder, the more accurate the worldview is. 
Wow. So that's just what I assume. I just yeah. assume if anyone has a different kind of power for me because of white supremacy, you know, yeah. capitalism or patriarchy, mm -hmm. that I'm like, oh yeah, your your view is is more whole, right? Yeah. Like than, than mine. Because just think about yeah. like like dudes that walk around and don't ever have to think about their safety or yeah. you know, if they're gonna start their period. Or like there's yeah. like all of these things. It's just not oh your life my. experience, yeah. right? And so when I do yeah. my I do like different workshops and things like that to kind of ease people in because people get defensive over it. I yeah. say, uh, explain, it's like, you know, um, if there's a politician from an ur urban center and a yeah. politician from a rural center, they're not going to know each other's issues. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, and that's yeah. okay. Right? Yeah. It's, it's no one's fault. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. But it's just, you need to educate each other on each other's issues to have like an yeah. actual functioning government. Right. right. And it's the way you react to that education is what, yeah, what makes Absolutely. you more effective. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty wild. I mean, that's the whole thing with privilege. I mean, privilege is just, is the privilege to not have to look that, that way. It's mm -hmm. the privilege just having to look, having tunnel vision is a privilege because, yeah. Hey, like, you know, you haven't had to deal with these things. And, um, and so it's up to, if you have all that privilege it's up to you to open up your eyes, you know, and to look around. And unfortunately, uh, you know, sometimes, people don't take it upon themselves and then it's that's when we get into these messy times yeah. <laughs> i think this is a, is a I, one of, i got many questions here for you yeah <laughs> probably won't get to all of them obviously because uh, we're just having a beautiful natural conversation yeah but uh so like as a I, I, you called yourself activist almost reluctantly it was like a, a mm -hmm. sweet way to do it um but you know honey you're an activist by your heart like it's in your dna like you can't you can't not right <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think and and you know just like uh as someone who I, I believe that fairly you know maybe got a decade or more on you activism comes in waves too right like mm -hmm. you, you mm -hmm. can't go pedal to the metal forever right like it, yeah. every, every activist i know burns out and like you yeah. know hot and heavy in her 20s and then you kind of like you're like whoa i gotta have a livable life too i can't yeah be yeah time you know yeah yeah but for like our listeners who are listening who are like worldwide um yeah. you know uh how what what advice would you give to someone who is interested in um you know understanding their own privilege and power and interested yeah. in um you know uh moving so social justice forward yeah. but they don't really know how sure uh, my greatest advice always is to start small you nice. know start so small um, the change you make in your own community is far more important than some kind of grand change you want to make in the world, you know, because change in the world starts in your own home community, you know, and um, whether that's, I mean, my favorite thing to do, you know, with my home community is, is to have meetups, you know, and sometimes it's like five to 10 people and it's like, we're just going to meet up and we're going to talk about, um, you know, the different issues going on, whether that's um, within the indigenous community or within, um, you know, our family community or within something bigger. And we're going to talk about what we can do and what the others can do to help, you know, in the, in the little meetup. And so sometimes those things, um, one is a really great opportunity to educate and then two, it's a really great opportunity to make friends. <laughs> and three, it's a really good opportunity to um, realize that you're not alone in your, um, you know, in your grievances and the things that you want to change. And, 
And sometimes it's like the smallest things and, uh, and sometimes it's the smallest things that make the biggest change. And so, you know, um, I would start small. Um, you know, I have one friend, you know, one of her things of starting small was in her community. She petitioned and, uh, made it so that her, uh, college community banned straws, you know, and that just took her and a few other college students to literally just have everyone sign a petition and they made a huge environmental change in their small community, which ended up being on the news, which ended up, you know, spreading to other communities, you know, so that's like a one way to start small. Um, and, uh, you know, whatever your wherever the activism lies in your heart, you know, whether that's environmentalism or something else. And so, you know, uh, yeah, so that'd be my greatest advice is to start small, start with your friends, start with your family, start with your community and then see how you can grow it from there. You know, I, I love that suggestion. Thank you for that. Yeah. I, I often have social things with my, uh, cause you're kind of talking about consciousness raising. This is like second, mm, yeah. second wave feminism. Consciousness raising. Consciousness raising. <laughs> like, yeah yeah but that's kind of like what it was was like literally mm-hmm. like so many different waves of feminism was just like women getting together and talking and sharing yeah. our experiences because our experiences had been uh so left out of the narrative yeah. of the the uh, main discourse right yeah and it, it's community still, it's still... changes the world mm-hmm. community changes the world feel like bringing people together and being you know because there's so many seeds like I always talk about seeds like there are seeds planted in all of us Mm -hmm. and then when we meet others we water each other's seeds and we grow them into flowers you know and so and then we build gardens you know and then we and then you know it spreads like wildfire you know and it's so important and there's so many people I know that have all of these feelings but they come from a family that does not support um it's not support the way they think and so they need a community. They need friends. They need this to feel like, oh, wait, I am brave enough. I am strong enough because, you know, I've had times of being really afraid of speaking up. And then it's like literally the women who are holding my hands mm-hmm. as I march in the front of that march. that are the ones that give me the strength to have the bravery. So, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. It's just consciousness raising. <laughs> so, so, so very good. Uh, speaking of uh, doing things that we, we care about and just kind of uh, protesting. And I, I do, I do sincerely believe that uh, women's righteous anger has been mm-hmm. a formidable, like it's been the thing that caused us to evolve often, mm-hmm. you know, if it's everything from like a, a voter's rights to stopping child labor to, you know, it's, it's really been yeah. often like women just being like, this is bull crap. Yeah. No, totally. we're not going to, no, we're going to starve ourselves or we're going to train ourselves or, yeah. or but uh, you know, of course, uh, uh, there, there are other people besides women that, that do yeah. these things, but I can see on your shirt. Oh uh, yeah. 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 I'm on a Kia shirt. Yeah, I'm on a Kia shirt. Uh, so I've been following that uh, since the beginning. Uh, Democracy mm-hmm. Now is one of my main news sources. Uh, but um, yeah, just tell me why, uh, just a little bit uh, for our listeners uh, about what, sure. why, we, why there is such a protest against this giant uh, telescope and uh, why it was important to you. Sure. So right now, um, hundreds of of people are are out protesting this 30 meter telescope that's being built on Mauna Kea which is the if i'm not mistaken the highest like the tallest mountain in the world yeah. and um it's the most sacred mountain uh, to the native hawaiian people 
And so this has been going on for years. Um, this uh, telescope has been in talks for years and we've been uh, protesting it for a while. Um, I wish I could be on the ground right now in Hawaii standing with my relatives. Um, unfortunately, I am not, um, but they are, you know, they are laying down the prayers. They are blocking that street and in hopes that this giant monster of a telescope will not destroy this incredibly sacred mountain. There's been zero, um, there has really been no, um, you know, consultation with the local native people about um, building this, you know, as there usually isn't. There's, that's a huge heartbreaking part. There's, you know, no one has talked to the locals um, about whether or not this would be good. You know, this, the, the concern is not only for this, the, you know, how sacred this mountain is, but also, I mean, their local species and the environment, uh, groundwater aquifers. I mean, this, this could mean a lot. So um, 64 people have already been arrested. And, uh, you know, we're going to keep fighting for the sacred mountain because it's like, where, does the, where, do we, where do we draw the line? Like, when have we destroyed and contaminated enough of our Mother Earth? You know, when, when are we going to start understanding that our resources and, our, and, our, and the beauty around us is not some kind of um, unlimited supply we can just take, 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 take from? And so that's what's happening in Hawaii, if you're not already aware of it. Um, you can follow Protect Mauna Kea on Instagram, online, find, find out more. Um, they're constantly updating. And uh, yeah, that's what's happening. No, I've, I've loved watched, uh, watching all of the folks come around it um, uh, because it is, like you said, it's like it's too much. Like enough yeah. is enough is kind of the measure. Because there are other telescopes yeah. on this mountain, but they're smaller. This is like a 30, yeah, this is 30 like a meter or something. Yeah. Insane. insane. be a huge telescope. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and even what they would get from this telescope, like they, they don't have to do it on this mountain is the point. Yeah. <laughs> it does do not it. have to be on this mountain. They could do it yeah. in, in other, other places. Um, yeah. But uh, when I saw on your Instagram, uh, uh, you had a, a post about it. I was like, oh, I can't wait yeah. to talk to uh, Ray yes. about that. Uh, but I do, I do, and you also, obviously, uh, one of your kind of uh, most popular songs was um, about uh, going, um, oh my goodness, in the river, right? Because that's mm -hmm. the, the Standing title Rock. of that. Standing yeah. Rock. Yeah. Um, so uh, just, where did that song come from? Yeah, you know, that song was, uh, I mean, that was a very life-changing kind of pivotal moment for me because... I honestly couldn't say that. I mean, I think I've always been an activist at heart, but I think before Standing Rock, I would never declare myself an activist. I think I was definitely susceptible to the whole thing younger. Like, you know, like I'm one person. What could I possibly do? You know, mm -hmm. and I've, I've always been outspoken. I've always, you know, been an activist at heart and like a small scale, but this was Standing Rock was when it, it, it became a huge part of my life. It became a huge part of my purpose and a part of, um, my every day. And so uh, what happened was I was aware of what was happening at Standing Rock for a long time. And I have friends who live up there and they were informing me about what was happening. And I was, I was just like, what can I do? Just, just for our listeners. So this is a yeah. pipeline that they're bringing through. Yes. Uh, yeah. So the Dakota Access Pipeline was this uh, pipeline that would go, you know, all the, all the way like from, I believe it, in, from all the way from Canada. Yeah. Yes, um, Canadian, all the way yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, through um, Standing Rock, Sioux Reservation and um, you know what was the ironic the kind of crazy part was that this 
it was not supposed to go through the reservation. It was not supposed to go right next to the reservation. It was supposed to go to Bismarck, North Dakota, which is like a, a big city in North Dakota. But then the locals um, were like, no, like we don't want to have this pipeline in our, in our city. Yeah. We don't want our children to be you know, exposed to this, like um, blah, blah, blah. So what do they do? They move it to the reservation. They move it right next to where the native community is. And um, so that in itself is the no brainer of like, okay, well, this is awful. <laughs> and so, you know, I was just like, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do about this? Like I, so many people in my immediate home community in Los Angeles had no idea about it um, other than uh, my native friends and my immediate family. And I was so frustrated. I'm like, there is such awful injustice happening in our own country to the native people, to our mother earth. And no one knows about it. This is crazy. And so, you know, I just, in total, you know, I was, I was just so upset this one day when I saw these videos of dogs being released onto the water protectors, um, security dogs. Mm -hmm. Um, and sorry, this, someone tried to call me. (laughs) And uh, as the security dogs were trying or being released onto water protectors and that just, was the last straw for me. I was like, this is just awful. And I wrote in the river. I first was writing like a very angry song because I was so angry. And then I kind of broke through the anger and then I wrote in the river, which is actually a song I consider a song of hope, mm. you know? And, um, and then I just kind of asked my little brother, I was like, let's go, let's go make a video. And so like the next day we went out, we made a video, just me singing the song, like just, just sitting, a, sitting on a rock, singing the song. And, um, I got into iMovie and I just got all the facts that was happening at Standing Rock. I tried not to make it um, anything but just the cold, hard facts. I just made a little video um, with my brother, you know, and I uploaded it the next day and fell asleep with my phone next to me. I woke up and like looked at my Facebook and it had been viewed like 100,000 times and shared like 26,000 times overnight um or something or I I can't even remember but it was a lot (laughs) and uh I was just like what (laughs) I was it was crazy and people were emailing me like thank you so much like for letting me know I'm in you know Europe or I'm anywhere else very far places around the around the world and people were telling me that they had no idea what was happening thank you for bringing it to their attention um and I had my my video was like um like the cover photo on like so many people's uh, Facebook profiles. And I was so like, wow. And it just showed me, I was like, I was, you know, at that time I was 22 and my brother was 18. Um, and w- just the two of us with literally just 20 bucks of gas money, like was, were able to make a video that was able to spread so much knowledge around the world. And, and I'm, that's very humbling to me. And it really shows me, the, one, the power of social media mm-hmm. in terms of movements. And I know we love to hate on social media, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's not about hating social media. It's about learning how to use it in a good way. And I, I, I believe in it and I believe in the power that it did for this video. And um, hey, yeah. And it just, the video caught on and, and it just, it kind of started, you know, a lot of uh, perspective for me of like, wow, music and you know music has so much power mm-hmm. and i want to harness this power and i want to do everything i possibly can with it mm-hmm. um, but yeah it all started with that video and that movement and uh it not only um really changed the course of my music career in terms of realizing that 
uh, writing music with a message and with a purpose is what really my calling is. But two, it was a huge identity um, experience for me because, um, you know, I am indigenous, uh, Native American on my dad's side. Um, I'm also Mexican. And I, I think for a lot of my life, I was trying to fit in and I was a little bit in denial about my background. And I just, I, I knew it and I embraced it in like a very small way. But as an adult now, I am realizing how much uh, I want to educate myself on my background because they don't teach you about Native American culture in, uh, in school, which is awful. And, um, you know, my my grandparents didn't talk about it too much either because they were extremely traumatized. And so um, as an adult, I'm like, I'm proud of my identity. I will always speak up for my identity. I will always fight for my people and all people. And, uh, and that all started with that, not all started, but it all was ignited by that song. Yeah. And uh, yeah. <laughs> so cool. The river. So cool. And so yeah. you went from like, I'm just one person. <laughs> Yeah. What can I do? What can I do? <laughs> oh, yeah. a lot. It turns out. It turns yeah. out you can do a lot. I know. And I, I always like say it. I'm like, it's, it's, it was eye opening for me. You know, it was crazy. I was like, this was just me and my little brother, you know, and everyone's like, who hired you to make that video? I'm like, <laughs> no one hired me. I was like, you want to know how professional the video was? The first upload of it has a typo. I spelled a word wrong. That's how professional that video was. Luckily, not many people noticed it, and I was able to take it down and put it back up again. But yeah, <laughs> that it was no one like you know, no one's gonna really. I think a lot of times too, like we're all waiting for someone to tell us to do something. Yeah, as, as activists, a lot we're yeah. all waiting for that magical green light where someone's like, "Do this, and it mm. will make a difference." But honestly, anything I've ever done that's made any kind of small impact has been something that scared me so deeply to my core. I wanted to throw up and climb into bed and be like, no, thank you. No, I will not do that thing. And those things are always what um, one has made me feel wholer than ever and has um, impacted others in, in the, in the best way that I've seen um, in terms of the feedback I've gotten and, and that video was one of them. I mean, oh my gosh, I can't even tell you. After I uploaded that video, I literally was like, I think I should take it down. Um, I'm getting a lot of hate <laughs> messages. And my brother was laughing because he was like, Ray, he was like, okay, let's say you've gotten maybe like 50 hate messages, but you've yeah. also gotten thousands of yeah. love yeah, yeah. messages. So why are you focusing so much on the hate? And I'm mm. like, you're right. You're right. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm not going to take it down. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, and I, I think a lot of us feel the same kind of way. It's the stuff that like uh, you, makes you want to throw up, uh, yeah. or you like. But also, I, I do believe self doubt is part of the process. Oh yeah, huge, right? Huge. And, and uh, I keep reminding myself. So like even the the last podcast I put out it was called uh, "Focus on the Good," and yeah. um, uh, I almost didn't upload it because yeah. like uh, I was just like, mm, no, it's not one of my mm-hmm. best, and. Yeah. And that is, I've gotten, that was on release it like Saturday uh, and, and I've gotten so many positive people yeah. on that. And I was just like, ah, oh, I'm starting to learn that that feeling of like, mm, maybe you should just do it. Yeah. <laughs> just do almost, it. That's almost the just green light. It. of like, you're on track. Yeah. <laughs> Keep moving forward. Yeah!
two, two little things before we wrap up. One, uh, I'm going to send you, thank you so much for being on uh, the show. Yeah, I, thank you for having me. I hope to return to Newfoundland, like oh, my favorite right. place. Yeah, well, and we'll have, uh, uh, I'll have a special, like, quiet night at my house just for you. Yeah. All like the nice, nice ladies. <laughs> oh, it's so fun! Okay, now I have like total excuse to come. Now we'll have like, a consciousness so raising, consciousness raising, or like event, which happens a lot in my kitchen anyway. But we'll have it uh, more organized. But uh, I want to uh, give you and send you. I have these uh, goddess bracelets that I uh, I made, and uh, they have their little hand beads. These are beads made from the Czech Republic, and it was in our pre-patriarchal time when we worshipped yeah. women. And wow. so all these little goddesses are being unearthed all over yeah. the world. And um, this one particular goddess was unearthed in 79. And these bead, this master bead maker made this mold to make this. So I've like searched everywhere for this. So I'll send you a link so you can pick the kind of goddess. This is a thank you uh, for all me to you. And uh, the feature song that we're going to close the podcast with today um, is the song Warrior. That, Warrior really spoke to me uh it uh it was like it just it just helped a couple of pieces fit together for me mm -hmm. because um kelly actually means warrior and um wow. i've been a warrior my whole life but i kind of felt like uh, a reluctant warrior mm. i was like i don't want to fight yeah that's that's the thing like i want peace mm -hmm. i want love and i want happy times and joy yeah. don't get me wrong like i'm really good at fighting but like mm -hmm. i don't want to and then uh when your line says um uh, i'm not afraid anymore i'm a warrior mm. and i was mm. like oh that's so exactly it's like i'm not afraid anymore like just yeah. like easing into who you are yeah so just briefly set this song up for uh, our listeners uh where it came from on what you'd like them to know yeah, sure. So warrior, you know, it's so funny because a lot of pe time people will, will say this and similar things to me. They're like, you use the word fight a lot in your music and like warrior and like it's so aggressive. And I'm like, well, if you listen to the songs, you'll know that it, it's not aggressive. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I, I feel like as women, especially growing up, um, it was always like sit down, be quiet and uh, don't raise your voice and, and behave and La, la la and so for me learning how to fight like learning how to find that in my and that doesn't mean like i'm punching people in the face it's literally fighting for myself fighting for my voice um fighting through this current you know that is being a warrior to me you know that is finding my inner warrior that is finding my inner strength and um you know fighting that that current of um the patriarchy of people telling me to to behave and to sit down and look pretty and and to to you know you know be nice i'm fighting against that <laughs> and so basically i wrote i wrote warrior when i was about to go on tour with dispatch which was this huge amphitheater tour um i was going to be playing for three to eight thousand people a night solo just me and my guitar um and i was excited and i was like of course i'll do it and then it's like, like i'm very good at like agreeing i'm like yeah, absolutely yeah. i'll be there and then hanging up and being like what did i disagree to <laughs> and now i gotta catch up with myself you know um so luckily i always end up doing it but it takes me a long time to like catch up with the fact that i agree to something and so i was like oh gosh this is gonna be crazy and so i would get so nervous before i went on stage and i literally would just like tell myself like 
I'm not afraid. Like I'm a warrior. Like I am a warrior. I'm a warrior. You know, like you can't say that to yourself three times without being like, yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I wrote half the song before the tour and half the song after the tour. And it pretty much, you know, the, uh, the lyrics are of the chorus, like burn me in the desert, drown me in the rain, um, throw me to the thunder, uh, push me off of the plane. I don't feel afraid anymore. I'm a warrior. It's just like, I just had this feeling of just like, I am unstoppable. Like, bring me to every extreme of everything. Bring I'm it! Ready. Yeah. Bring it on. Like, I'm ready. And so that's pretty much where it came from. It came from being afraid to go on this really massive, incredibly, you know, scary tour and doing it. And I, I talk about this in all my shows. I'm like, sometimes the most exciting things, whatever that may be for you, the most exciting things in life, the things that you literally have been counting down the days since you were born to do are also the most terrifying. Like, don't think that when your dream comes to you, you're going to welcome it with open arms. Because a lot of times, you are going to be the one that's like, oh really? yeah, no, uh, you're too much for me. Please go away. And I know it because I've been dreaming of this since I was a kid. I mean, I, every time I go on a jog or I go for a run, I go for a walk, I picture myself playing for amphitheaters. I picture myself playing for thousands of people and they're all so happy. And then as soon as it comes around, you're just like, but I'm not ready. I'm, I'm a, I'm a fraud. I can't do this. I'm not good enough, you know? And that's just how it goes. And we're human. We're not robots. And, um, so sometimes you just need to find that inner warrior. <laughs> and now for our listeners, we'll give you this amazing, inspiring, encouraging song from this warrior activist. Take it away, Ray. And here we go with warrior. Spent my summer in a van St. Augustine to Michigan Held my breath, said a prayer All those people waiting there I've been searching so long It lived in me all along Throw me to the thunder 
afraid anymore I'm a warrior I'm a warrior I'm a warrior I'm a warrior We are warriors Burn me in the desert and drown me in the rain Throw me to the Afraid anymore. I'm a warrior. Hey, super fans, and if you've made it to this point in the podcast of the Strong Women Power Hour, you are a super fan, and thank you. You are amazing. Please do not forget to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. But besides that, I'm here to chime in to say my conversation with Ray was so amazing and it was really hard to edit into a single hour. (laughs) So uh, I've got a bonus uh, 15, 18 minutes that I'm going to put with another song um, in the the coming weeks that you guys are going to get just a little bit extra from Ray because she had so much wisdom to share. And honestly, I just loved hearing her talk about her mother. (laughs) really, really sweet. And I think that we need to honor her mother and and her wisdom uh, beyond just this uh, 60 minutes that we had here today. So, uh, when we uh, when I get a chance or maybe there's a lull, uh, you're going to get even more from Ray. But please check her out on Facebook um, and Instagram. I'll put those links in the show notes too. And uh, thanks so much for being such a super fan that you are still listening right here, right now. Uh, next week, I got a lot of podcasts coming up. You know, we usually only do every two weeks, but there was a, a, a lot of folks coming to us wanting to be on this podcast. And thank you for that. If you would like to be on this podcast uh, just contact me at kelly at strongwomenco.com and uh, let's connect and share and uh, see how we can help support and encourage each other on this amazing challenging beautiful journey through womanhood mad megad love out to you super fans and uh, we've got a lot of exciting amazing things coming up we have uh, Marielle Smith, from uh, who's in uh, Cyprus. We're going to be talking about writing your own story. That's next week. And then we have this amazing woman, Angie, out of Hawaii, who uh, runs this epic uh, organization called the uh, Holy Women Icons Project that you are just going to dig. So a lot of gorgeous stuff coming up. I hope you're enjoying your summer. Don't forget about our other podcast titles and topics, including the summer sounds. Uh, I got a playlist for you. Um, It was just a podcast or two ago. All right. Talk to you soon, mega fans. Love you. Thank you. Uh, Let's just keep spreading the love.